Ja. <laughs> But isn't it good that we can draw close to God in whatever state we're in, you know? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Ha. Because actually, uh, yeah, anyway, so... Um, so it says, I'm going to do a recap from this morning um, very briefly. And, um, but before I do, I just want to read out. Um, oh, so good. Natalie, I've got your thing there. Yeah, your recorder. Yeah, yeah. Um, Song of Songs, um, 1 verse 2 says, So kind are your caresses, I drink them in like the sweetest wine. I mean, come on. So Darlington King's Church have been listening to the podcast this morning because they've been messaging me. So I know they've listened to it. And uh, thank you. Uh, I'm going to give you a shout out, Dorothy Butler, um, for telling me that you've been ringing Song of Songs. And it's actually this morning's message keyed directly into what you're reading. So it's good that I'm actually catch keeping up with you, Dot, if you're listening to this. Um, and it says, so, so kind are your caresses. I drink them in like the sweetest wine. And thank you, Marky G, or whoever put the, put the podcast on this afternoon from this morning. That's really kind, so thank you. And Holly discerned that I was standing up, not horizontal this morning, by, by not even being there. So that's amazing. So I've done it once. I can stand up and preach. So I don't have to do it ever again. So there we go. Um, but in the Passion Translation, um, uh, Song of Songs, it goes through the year, um, just with a bit of narrative underneath. I just want to read this out to you about that Song of Songs, uh, chapter 1, verse 2. And it says, Nothing is more pleasurable to the human heart than the love of Jesus. And we started at the love of Jesus this morning. So, you know, this prophetic mini-series, where does it start? The love of Jesus. The Father heart of God. Nothing is more delightful. Nothing can compare to the caresses of his love. It awakens our hearts in the most unexpected ways. It makes us feel alive and fills us with joy. It wipes away the past and reaches out its hands to guide us forward. Come on. Isn't that exciting? This is the love of God. This is the love of Jesus. Why wouldn't we start with this? It stirs up desires we never knew existed and gives us the means to satisfy them. Hallelujah. Come on. Woo! Yeah! I mean, come on, this is amazing. So it stirs up desires. So it doesn't leave us there where our desires are stirred up. It gives us a means by which to satisfy them. That is Jesus. So we're, we're talking about uh, the prophetic, um, but about any uh, fivefold ministry or any gift or anything else, it has to start with the love of Jesus. Because we, we said this morning that actually the whole purpose of this mini-series is actually to build a prophetic culture. It's not actually to put one or two people on pedestals and, and celebrate the gift that's in them, because actually that's not what it's about. It doesn't say that in the Bible. It doesn't. Yeah. 
we can all prophesy. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So, so desire, yes. Follow, you know, desire those gifts. We're going to talk about prophecy and we're going to talk about, obviously, clearly more about that. But the first one I majored on this morning was, I just need to get up Jez, uh, and he just needs to kind of summarize what I said this morning in his own words. And, and he is far better than me to do this. He isn't expecting this. But God told me this before, and I forgot, and he's just reminded me. So clearly it's the right thing to do. So Jez, come on down. And you're just going to give a quick summary, and then I'm just going to carry on from there. So can we give Jez an amazing welcome? <laughs> kind of what Mark introduced already, it's the fact that the, the motivation for prophecy, not only can we all prophesy but, prophesy, but the motivation for prophecy has to be out of that attitude of love. Um, he spent a long time talking about that. There was, I loved a bit about um, you know, following closely after love and the fact that if we're following closely after love, that means that that's where we are. Yeah. As in, um, you know, if God is love, we're, we're kind of following what God's doing. And that was a, that was a beautiful image. But, but yeah, majored really on, on the motivation behind all of this stuff. And obviously the, the 1 Corinthians 14 passage about, um, you know, that we all will prophesy, yet, you know, if it's not out of love, then what are we actually achieving? Um, is that good enough? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, things are going well, except I'm slightly disturbed by the fact that I put down half a cup of tea and it's gone, and my voice is like, oh, here it is behind Natalie. Oh, thank you. No, it's good. And it'll be nice and cold, because I get used to drinking cold tea when I'm preaching. Um, so thank you very much. Oh, excuse me. Mm. Mm. It's not stone cold. It's uh, on the way to being cold, which is actually quite good. Yeah. It's not. <coughs> Mind you, the Lord wants to be hot rather than cold, doesn't he, really? But, I mean, it's better than being lukewarm. So, actually, yeah. So, so one, one, ten seconds in the microwave. That's all it needs. Maybe that's a prophetic word to me. Mark, ten minutes in the microwave is all you need. Did I say ten minutes there? Oh, it's gone up. Maybe, maybe I'm either greedy for more of God or I need more to get warmed up. I don't know. I'm just going for the greedy for more of God. Thank you, God. Oh, that's hysterical. So, um, <laughs> so um, as I said this morning, uh, I'm going to do this very briefly, is the fact that, yes, we are going to talk about how, you know, mechanism of, of receiving Prophetic words, giving prophetic words, studying prophetic words, processing prophetic words, we're sorting out our calling and destiny and all that sort of stuff. I've got little charts and everything else about going back over 10 years and sifting out the prophetic words you've got and what the current themes and all that sort of stuff. And actually finding out your calling destiny within this and what is good and what is God and sorting out the, the meat from the bones and all that kind of stuff. And saying, God, you know, like this morning, I gave out June the 23rd, knew it was for somebody. Natalie, we still haven't, we, uh, for your relative, do you check that one out? You didn't check it out, that's all right, because you probably didn't hear that, actually, um, Colin and Pat, it was their wedding anniversary, and I knew it was, it was for somebody, but they came up at the end, which is brilliant, you know, so it was their wedding anniversary, June the 23rd. Yes, you can do that, yes, you can get all these credit cards and all that sort of stuff, and everything else, but 
we're not going to start with that. We're going to start with the source of where all that comes from, which is the love of God. Because we could do none of that and God would not love us less. And we could have all of that and none of the love and we would be like, what? A clanging cymbal? So that comes out of the, fr that is fruit of the presence of God and the love of God and where we sow our time into. Yeah? As we sow our time into friendships, into family and that, it's amazing, isn't it, how, you know, we have maybe problems with our relationships, our family and that as, as, as time comes and goes. But actually, we find out that actually often the, the secret to that is time and connection and communication. How much more with our Heavenly Daddy that He loves us just to go to Him and hear His heartbeat. And then we're full of that heartbeat and then we can't help but spill it out in terms of our words, actions and deeds. And some of that may be headlining stuff, maybe glitzy stuff. Some of it may not be, but it doesn't matter because actually what we cherish is where, where we sow our time into. So a lot of... Um, so the, 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 the key part, the key part of this series is that we all learn to prophesy as a culture in the Bay Church and beyond. As, as guests come is the fact you go back to your church and actually say this is what, it's a culture. We can all do it. Yes, we have people doing it more as a lifestyle, like a practitioner, but, the, but I know there are people, as it were, in the woodwork who have already disqualified themselves at this, and this morning are actually being wake, woken up to the fact that, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I can give a word of life. And I also know from the teams that I've worked with through Speakers of Life and everything else, the fact that actually all of a sudden those maybe people are leading things within a very short period of time because God has worked on their character over years. And then, he's, and then actually they've stepped into that gifting. And we'll get on to character and gifting later. So I've got so much to do, I just have to do it in the right order. It's, right. I'm just, it's not that I'm stuck for things to say, it's just the fact I'm just waiting for things to appear in the right order in my in my in my mind so i'm going to talk about sowing our um presence into his presence and we're going to do some activation but i want to set out a bit of a stall first so we know where this series is going don't we that that this is about a culture all of us doing it yeah in different ways different flavors different essence and actually rely on each other as a team, yeah? Because we might not get the whole picture ourselves. And that's, I love team. That's why I love it. And, and for those particularly who are listening to this message, to those highly gifted prophetic people who find church a struggle 
And you say, well, I just don't fit into a church. I haven't found one that suits me yet. Get stuck in. Get stuck in. I'm actually going to read it out because I wrote it out, so I'm not going to. um, I'll only offend people in the right way, not the wrong way. (laughs) I want to challenge you in the right way here. Let me find out what I wrote. This is good. I need to hear this. We all need to hear this. People, you know, like, you know, people that God's gifted in particular ways, you need, we, I need to hear this. Yeah? Prophetic, highly gifted, prophetic people, or just prophetic people, should see how their gift can be used to serve the church rather than to see how the church can fit into their gift. Did we get that? Shall I read it again? Prophetic, or you might just want to say, you know, you can say, you know, people of that have got, you know, evangelistic gifts and everything else and actually say, actually, I can't cope with the local church. Well, you know, get over it because actually that God's chosen the local church as his mechanism. And actually, it may be that he's chosen you to be in a local church, even though you feel it uncomfortable, it's to, to sharpen you up and, and actually to knock some edges off. But also you can actually stimulate others and they can, they can sharpen you as well. Because you need team. I need team. So I am sent out from this place, but I am submitted to this place because it is because it is right to do so. It is God's model. Yes, there are numbers of people in this house that are sent out with their ministries. But we are actually sent out from a place of authority, under authority, and actually, you know, so we actually come to serve this house. We serve, other, we serve other places. I was at, at Weymouth last week. You know, I'm preaching elsewhere, lead a prophetic network, everything else, preach abroad, everything else. But if it was that, then actually I'm at sea because I need to be linked into a local church. Yes? Amen? So people hearing this who say, actually, I don't fit into a local church, actually, you know, you need to be. Because that will actually enable you to be better you. Prophetic people should see how their gift can be used to serve the local church, serve the church, rather than to see how the church can fit into their gift. Have a think about that. That cuts down so much aggro, doesn't it? But that means you have to create space for the prophetic. You don't welcome people in and put a a straitjacket on them. And this is a house which gives space for the prophetic. And as you create space for the prophetic, like the, lo- the lady did for, wh- it was Elijah or Elisha, helped me out, created the room, little table. Which one was it? Elisha. She welcomed the prophetic and she got the prophet's reward. Yeah. Ha. And part of that prophet's reward is the fact that when there are people, you know, and, and actually I've been reminded this is not arrogance, this is confidence. So when people like me enter a room, and people become more prophetic and hear the word of God's voice more is because that's part of the prophet's reward. Yes? Amen? Yes? Yeah. Do you know it took me years to say that? 
without it thinking that's really arrogant. No, that's confident. That's confidence of what God is doing in your life. Because that's the only way you can release others to be confident in their lives. And actually, when they walk into different places, you change the atmosphere. We talked today about sowing our presence into the presence of Jesus. What happens when we follow the way of love? We find the thing that we're following. We are in love. We are surrounded by love. We can taste love, see love. When we're in the presence of someone... We, we, we pick up the atmosphere. So as it were, we pick up the atmosphere of love. People like me can tell where people have been. I'm sorry, it's just the way I am. I, can just, I just know where you've been. <laughs> I don't know where you've been exactly. Sometimes I do, because sometimes I get pictures of people that say, actually, you were there, da, 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 and they say, yeah, how did you know that? Does, uh, but actually, but in the spirit realm, it's like just because I know where I've been. And, and actually, you, we carry that where we've been. So if we've been dwelling in the love of Jesus, we are covered in it. We, you know, it says in Scripture, we are to God the aroma of Christ. When we're pickled in something, we smell of what we've been pickling in. Ha! I'll be pickled in the love of Jesus. Come on. I'll get a T-shirt for that. <laughs> come on if anybody's listening to this they can send me a t-shirt I've been pickled in the love of Jesus I like to be blue with white writing please large uh, thank you God <laughs> so yes we're going to get onto the mechanism but yes we're going to dwell at first, in the source of that. Because without that, we will run for a little while and then we will run out of steam because we're not close to the source of that which is which we're wanting to run in. Yeah? Ha. Huh. Okay, I'm going to read you out. Um, um, I wrote a blog for the Bay Newsletter um, some months ago about sowing our presence in the presence of God. But as I'm going to read it out, and actually a lot of it is taken from the Speaks of Life book that I, I wrote, I want you to ask yourself three questions as I'm reading this. And if what I'm reading doesn't help you, ignore you know, if, if so just to give you a quick uh, resume about my style of preaching, you don't have to listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> what does that mean? It means I create an atmosphere, a space by which you, are, you engage with the love of Jesus. And he will speak to you through that atmosphere. So, so when I speak, I create an atmosphere by which you can just engage with Jesus yourself. And the whole purpose of me speaking and saying stuff is to help you in that. Because that then becomes your revelation, your breakthrough, not mine. And it isn't dependent upon me. It's actually from Jesus. And he gets all the credit. 
So a lot of the things I do is creating space, creating environments by which myself and you can have that breakthrough. So don't take me too literally, but you don't have to listen to every word I'm saying because actually it's about creating that atmosphere. Once you get it, you can just switch off. And let Jesus minister to you. If I see someone crying, it may be that, oh, uh, Mark, just get him off, you know. But no, if I see someone <laughs> engaging with God and they're actually just now, you know, lost in Jesus, I'm thinking, I'm done. My job's done. So as I'm reading this, could you ask yourself three questions? So it's all about saying our presence into his presence, about the love of Jesus. Because we're following the way of love and eagerly design the, spiri the, the, the spiritual gift, especially the gift of prophecy. So we're starting with, in that scripture, the first bit in this series, follow the way of love. And it's not that we're going to keep on until you get it or until I get it. You know, it's just that we're just starting with it because it's really important. Questions are, ask God what he thinks of you. As I'm reading this, just ask God what he thinks of you. Wow. I can't wait. <laughs> Can I not just, I'll just, no, I'll go read this. Okay. Second question, ask him what he wants to say to you. Third question, ask him what he would like you to do, brackets, if anything at all, close brackets. So that third question may not even be relevant. So note that I haven't actually said, so we do out of what we are, rather than we are out of what we do. Does that make sense? The fruit of what we do is uh, that what we do is a fruit of, of, of where we spend our time, who we are in Jesus. That is our identity, not what we do. Okay, ask God what he thinks of you. Ask him what he wants to say to you. Ask him what he would like you to do, in brackets, if anything at all. Okay. Sowing our presence into his presence. The presence of God is where we belong. The Father's presence is ours by rights as sons and daughters. We are not renting it. We don't have to pay a mortgage on it. Jesus has paid for it in full. And the legal documents are signed in his blood. It is the place of true intimacy where we discover our identity. It is the place of love and healing where we are put, put back together. It is the place of freedom 
where our mind is renewed. It is the place where we become aware of the love songs that the Father sings over us. It is a place to get rid of heavy bags, a place of rest for the weary and the heavy laden. It is a safe place from our enemies and the demands of others where we can pour out our heart to God and be washed and drenched in his love. Experiencing this love will change our lives. As a child of God, we have access to feel, know, and experience the unconditional, extravagant love of our Heavenly Father, Daddy, Papa, Abba. Often we find it easier to do rather than be. So we need to be intentional in creating the space in our lives to simply be and experience the numerous benefits of soaking and being with God as we follow the way of love. And this includes identity, acceptance, healing, wholeness, freedom, and more. But as we were singing earlier about, you know, this is how I fight my battles. But it then goes on to actually being surrounded, as I'm surrounded, I'm actually surrounded by the love of God. And if we want to see battles, come if we want to win battles, they need to be fought and victories won. We know that. There's an amazing character in the Bible called Josheb Bashabeth. In 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. And it talks about how he was a very mighty warrior in battle. And there's a kind of list of all his attributes and all the battles he won. So he won many battles. And his name actually means dwelling in rest. That's what his name means. So as we dwell in rest, think of all the victories that are being won on your behalf. That you don't even almost have to break out in a sweat. That when you walk in a room because of the atmosphere of love that you take in a room, the enemy will flee. As light of Jesus comes, the darkness will flee. So actually, most of the time, you won't even have to fight the battle because the enemy is scarpered out of there because he knows there's an amazing son, there's an amazing daughter of God who's actually covered in the armor of God. It, the Bible talks about armor of light. The love of God goes before you and actually darkness flees. The only thing you might hear is the shriek of demons as they leave the room. And I've heard that. And I've got used to it. And I'm thinking, yep, they're gone, that's good. Didn't have to fight that one. We need to be constantly filled with the love of God because it is impossible to give away what we have not received. 
as we help others and see other people come to Jesus. As John 15, 17 says, let's come and choose every day and be connected to the source of life so that we can speak and release that life. So while you're having coffee, we're not going to have feedback on that homework, as it were. But remember, ask God what he thinks of you. Ask him what he says to you. Ask him what he would like you to do, in brackets, if anything. If you, you can just write that down. And actually, you can bring it back next week and see how God populates that and increases that. Because that is your starter. That is your blank page. That is actually your, your um, landscape that he is painting for you that you can explore. God, it talks, the Bible talks about a spacious place. He's going to grow all of us over this course, that spacious place, so you can explore the full extent of the boundaries and the field that God has given you. How do you feel about that? To explore fully, not just a little corner. He wants to explore fully. Ha. And if you think you've explored fully and you've got to the top of a hill, ask God to show you the next horizon because there will be. And there will be many more. And he wants you to run to the next one. And he'll run with you. The other thing about prophetic people, you know, the ones that actually, you know, and to some extent I'm laughing at myself here, you know, because there's always, there's always something that actually you have to catch yourself. So yes, I'm committed to the, to the local church. Yes, I've been a, a member of, of core, core local church, leader church for 10 years previously before the base. So I know the benefits of that. It's not that I have to convince myself of it. I know but actually, as people that work with me, do I like team or not? I love team. Why do I love team? Because the Bible loves the concept of the body. Because it counters the go it alone. And yes, I know you want me to talk to be, well, how do you listen to the voice? Of, yeah, but actually... When you get that word, I want you to encourage you not to run out the door on your own and try and do it on your own. And then after about three weeks, you get attacked, you're vulnerable and everything else, and there's no one to help you. Two, two, you know, two are better than one. A quarter, three strands is not easily broken and all that sort of stuff. When you fall down, there's somebody who needs to pick you up. So if you go out on your own, you're not going to have anybody to pick you up. You're not going to have anybody to actually bounce that stuff and say, hey, Mark, actually, maybe you convince yourself of that. Or actually, yes, that's good, that, that's confirmed. We need the body. So if we, if we look at prophecy in its simpler terms, you could say hearing and seeing the heartbeat of God, the voice of God, and repeating what you see and hear. All right? I know there's other definitions, but that's not a bad one. 
Yeah? Is that all right? So we hear and see what God is doing, the heartbeat of God, which is why it's all about the love of God, and, and actually we repeat what we see or hear. And to some of you, you'll be, and we'll get into this later, you'll be Nabi prophets where it bubbles up and you talk about, you know, I hear God saying this, I hear that, I hear that. And then there's others that, that are seers. They say, well, I see God doing this and I saw God doing this. And often they see stuff like six months before you, pe- you meet them. So frustrating. You know, it's like, oh, great. You know, well, you could have said, you know, it's like, wish you'd have met you six months before. I'm a seer. I see, I I. People I meet, I, I've seen, I meet them four months before in the spirit, before I see them. I write it down, and then when I see them, I give them the word, right? But often it's like that, and we're all different, and we'll talk about that later. But, so if we think about seeing and hearing, what are those in the human body, right? This is not a quick trick question. Right, senses, right? Senses, and often we're looking at, you know, eyes and ears. Yeah, let's just think about eyes and ears. I mean, there's, there's more than that, but eyes and ears. So we, you know, we hear with our ears, spiritual ears. We see with our eyes, spiritual eyes, right? So, if I just stuck an eye and an ear on that lectern there, all right, that eye would see probably Natalie, you know, second row, third row, and actually then it wouldn't have the elevation to see past. All right? Limited view, but sees very well. Ear, maybe get a bit of sound from here, but certainly wouldn't hear a sound around that corner or anything like that, right? Limited, but is still gifted because it can see and hear. What happens if now we put the ear and the eye into a head and a neck, which can rotate? Now, all of a sudden, I can see Holly, who wasn't in my plane here because I was just an eye with nothing. I was just looking straight ahead. And now I've got a bit of elevation. I can see second, third row. I can turn, and I can hear from different ways. I can hear different sounds. So already, my prophetic gifting has already been enhanced by being part of the body. And this is, we're talking limited body here. We're talking head. All right? How much more? So what happens if you stick a body on there and you stick a couple of feet and arms and all that sort of stuff? So now I've got a, so I'm going to walk up and down. I hope this isn't going to do anything for the sound. So I walk up and down. All of a sudden, Dave's here. I didn't see him before. Oh my goodness, there's three ladies here. There's my wife over there, um, over this side, which I didn't see before. And now I'm seeing the back of your heads, and you're looking amazing from the back, and you're looking amazing from the front. And, you know, God's talking to me about stuff and everything else. I'm seeing different perceptions and things like that. Isn't that amazing? So all of a sudden, someone, the, the gifted eye and ear, has now suddenly. Like, we, we're, we're talking uber influence now, whereas before, on their own, they could do it really well, but the influence was very limited. So their field has increased. Why? Because they're part of the body. Yes? What happens now, you know, so if I went out on my own as an isolated um, ear and eye, say if that was possible, all right, use your imagination, and actually the enemy wanted to... Um, harm me. Right, imagine an eye and an ear going out down the road, you know. Well, that's very easy. You just get a pointed object and you shove it straight into the eye. Why? Because there is no protection. 
if I'm part of a body and somebody came at me with a sharp object, this is what I would do. I would put my hand up in front of my eye and protect my eye and push away the assailant. Protection. That means we're not vulnerable anymore needlessly. It is very simple. Prophetic people out there listening, because everybody in this room has got this, you know, like go it alone and everything else, and I don't fit into the local church, and the church doesn't like me, and I don't like them, and everything else, and it's far better if I do something on my own. No! No! You might get halfway down the street as an eye or an ear. You know. And you can write to your friends. You know, your missions blog. Made it down, halfway down the road today. Well, actually, it took me two years <laughs> to get halfway down the road because I had to wait for the right wind to blow me down. <laughs> Slightly uphill. Hadn't rolled the road, wasn't as smooth as I thought it would be. Took me two years to do that. Imagine another missions blog, eye and ear, in the body. <sighs> Had a fantastic day. Ha, me and the body, or the body, we just went for a walk. We went to the beach, we went everything else. There was stuff that, there was a, an art thing that came out to harm me and harm my ears, and this arm came up, this hand came up, protected me. And, and then I figured, and then I found out that actually, even when the arm wasn't there, and there was grit coming my way, there was something called an eyelid that came down and protected me. So the question is, what is more important, the eyelid or the eye? They both are. Got news for you. If you're an eyelid, be an eyelid. If you're a tear duct, be a tear duct because that clears the eye and helps the eye to see more clearly because it washes away the dirt. That is why I cry so much. No, no. <laughs> Does that make sense? And I know we know this, but prophetic people need to know this. I don't know why. They just seem to know it more than, they need to know it more than anybody else, don't they? We're nodding this, aren't we? We're nodding. Because... We get carried away, don't we, with the sort of revelation and stuff and everything else, and then we feel we don't need the body. But we do. Ha. So there you go. I know nobody in this house is offended by that because we're all part of the body. And you've never even thought about it, thinking, oh, if I could do without that. But actually, we need the body. And then we all get to rejoice in the fruit. And actually, if I see through, an eye and an ear can't carry it home. You need an arm, don't you? Which is connected to a basket to bring it home. Yeah? Save people. As an eye or an ear, you cannot bring a saved per person into your church. I'm now thinking of the pictures that you have in your mind, but anyway. How are we doing? Five past eight. Thank you, God.
All right. Shout. Right. I'm going to um, end by introducing something else that I'm going to carry on next Sunday. All right. So it's like one of those Saturday afternoon matinee things where you think, ah, oh, yes, thank you. I've just loved, I, do, I, I, I mean, I love preaching to myself. I mean, you know, for you, you probably know all of this, but I just love preaching to myself. Mark, just hear what you're saying. It's great. I love it. Oh, and bef- yes, yeah, sorry, before I do that, God's just told me I've got to this. So, um, so um, on, on the um, blog, uh, on the SoundCloud this morning, I talked about June 23rd, and, and um, that was claimed. But for those that, that actually, yeah, that's for me. Can I just say what it means? Because otherwise, that's not fair, is it? You know. Okay, so June the 23rd. Um, so June's the sixth month, uh, and you've got two numbers in there, two and three, 23rd, all right? So um, um, so if you add uh, the sixth month, six plus two plus three, you get 11. 11 is uh, often the number for the prophetic, but in this case, it's about transition, transition from number tw- 10 to number 12. So 10 has to do with order and law, and 12 has to do with the uh, apostolic and increased authority in your life. So there's actually a transition period that you're in where you feel awkward, but you know it's God, but it's not easy. But, but I'm encouraging you to actually continue with that process because you're going from a process of increased authority and apostolic in your life, which is why you're feeling unsettled because God's had to shake you out of the place that you're in into an increased influence of authority and apostolic calling. Um, you have the grace for it, which is why if you add the two plus the three equals five, five is the number of grace, and so there's a grace for it on your life. It is a work of the Trinity, which is the three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God. And the thing about the Trinity is that we, we don't know how it works, but, it, but it, it does, and it's amazing. And so actually people will look at you and, and, and say, my goodness, I don't know how that is working, but it's got to be a work of God. So they will testify to that. So it will, there will be a witness to what God is doing in your life, and that is the number two, because two is about witness. There are two people on the cross that actually when Jesus was crucified, and so actually those, that two represents a witness. So there will be a witness to what is God is doing in your life to others, and they will recognize it as a work of God. If you add all the numbers together, um, no, if you add six plus three together, the sixth month of June, to that of three, it will give you a number nine. Nine is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. All right, if you look in Galatians, there are nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. So what God is taking you to will be fruitful, and it will be a new thing, because if you add six plus two of the 23, that gives you an eight. Eight people came out of the ark, and actually that's why eight means new beginnings in, in, in the Old Testament. And um, and actually what God has, what you have realized is the fact that actually because um, the num- June is the sixth month, that actually that uh, a while ago you gave up trying to achieve this through your own efforts because six is the number of man because God made Adam on day six. And actually you have finally given up and actually accepted that in order for you to get to one place to another, it's got to be a sovereign work of God. So you've given up and, and got out of the way and let God get in the way. Yeah. Does that make sense? I know that's quick, but I just had to do that. Welcome to my life. Okay. Yay! Sorry, I should have taken that away. I had the handheld microphone this morning, so when I did that, it wouldn't like burst people's eardrums. But anyway, there we go. Five minutes, then we're done. Right. Um, 
So I'm going to leave you with a bit of... So that was short-term homework. Remember, you know, ask God what he wants to say to you. So can I give you a little bit of homework to carry on to next time for, the, for Sunday morning? And I do thank the people that have... And you know who you are, who've come to the morning and the evening. I have to come because I'm speaking, all right? That may be a good thing or a bad thing, but, you know, but thank you to, to those that have, have actually supported. And, and, and so this, this is a body thing. This is so exciting. Because this will change the culture of the bay, which will change the culture of the churches that you're part of, which will change the region, which will change the nation. I'm part of um, uh, this thing in Reading in February, Reading, not in Reading, California, Reading, UK, um, uh, led by Yinka, um, called One Prophetic Voice, um, down in February in 2020. And the post um, part of that is to do with what do we do next, strategically, nationally, prophetically. I can't say much detail other than to say that actually I'm involved in that process. But what I do know is that what happens here and now in this church and in other churches across the country will change the prophetic culture of this nation. So what we're doing here, the bay is actually ahead of the curve. What we're doing is actually what we're defining as a culture here will become a national culture as more people catch this. Ooh. Hmm. And then we create atmospheres and speak atmospheres and things change and governments change and teaching cultures change and businesses change and the way we do business change and everything else and, uh, you know, it just changes as we speak the kingdom into that. So, so part of your homework, so actually part of actually being in that love of God is the fact that you know that God sees the gold in you. Right? Hopefully by now, when we come to God, we've given up trying to point out all the dirt on our lives. Yeah, but God, look at this, look at this. Because actually, it's been dealt with, right? So can we stop trying to point it out? Because God does, he said, I, I can't see what you're talking about, Mark. You know, what are we, what are we talking about this? I can just see the blood of Jesus that's washed you clean. These robes that I've just put on you, well, you know, yeah, come on, let's focus on those, right? So we know that. So why this week... Practice seeing with the eyes of Jesus. So when you're in this safe place that we've been talking about, the love of Jesus, now we're getting a little bit into application. We're not getting into mechanism yet. We're getting into the heart of God. Why don't we see the gold as in Peter the rock and not the dirt as in Simon the broken reed? Because Jesus changed his name. He didn't want to focus on the broken reed. He wanted to focus on Peter, the rock. He wanted to call out the gold by changing his name. Well, you know, giving him the, you know, emphasis on that name. Think of a person in your life with whom you've had the most problems with, the most conflict, the most irritancy, the most intimidating, etc. And having developed, as we're dwelling in that love of God, just say, God, thank you that you see the gold. Help me to see the gold in this really irritating person. And he will show you. Really. And then say, then ask God what you're meant to do with it. Are you meant to share it with them? Not as in I've been so, you know, it's like in an appropriate way. Or maybe just demonstrate it. Out of that heart of actually turning around in your own heart, seeing the gold. What does that mean in terms of how you act towards that person now? See how it changes your behavior. Just pray about it. 
You might just have to pray about it. Say, God, thank you for this person. Begin to bless them in the way that God now sees them. Okay, so next week, cliffhanger, we are going to talk about character and gifting. You can have someone who's highly gifted, but actually their character really, really needs developing. And the thing about gifts is that gifts are gifts. They're given. Not on merit. Independent of the character of that person. So let's not confuse extreme extravagant gifting with amazing character, because they don't always go together. And how we and we all do it almost like a celebrity culture, celebrate the gift. And actually, and then and then what you can do is then you can maybe place the person in a place of, of, of responsibility that they don't have the character for them to cope with. And because often that has to do with identity, which is why I've been talking about the love of God, out of identity comes son and daughtership not an orphan spirit which fosters character which then provides the structure and the framework by which for the gift to be built on which is why I'm spending so much time on foundation and, and actually leading into character because then we can sling on this is the way you prophesy, this is the way how you get this, this is the way because then we have the structure to actually receive that which you want and more. Whereas if we don't do the structure, you might be able to grab hold of one of these things and actually the rest will fall to the floor because you haven't got the structure by which to build them into your lives and my life as well. I'm speaking to my life as well. Does that make sense? So this is actually uh, going to result in a bigger influence for us all because we can, we can actually carry more of what God's giving us in the right way. Does that make sense? So next, next time in the morning, I'm going to talk about character and gifting and maybe about sphere of influence. And then, the, and then this time next week, I'm going to then carry on that and talk more about our sphere of influence, about what we say yes to and giving God our yes, which gives our sphere of influence, our metron that t Paul talks about. And then we're ready. We can just rock and roll because we have this foundation and we can just, you know, God is going to just going to build like incredible structures because there's a sure foundation. And actually, because we have our identity in Jesus, you know what? We can give it all away. We can give it all away because we're so secure in knowing that our daddy God loves us so much that if we don't have any gifting in our lives, if we give it all away, what are we left with? We're left with that amazing place of love with Jesus, which we would not swap for anything else in the world. And of course, we know as we give stuff away, we get more back. So that's an exciting journey. So yeah, um, so I'm just going to pray. You can sit there where you are. And um, if God's been just, you know, like 
you know, hitting your heart. I, I, you know, I haven't called out any kind of numbers, words, and things like that because I actually don't want to at the minute, apart from this morning, um, because the focus is on actually the love of God. And so, but if the Holy Spirit has been bashing inside you, just come up, and I just want to release more of what God is doing in your life right now. So, Father God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Heavenly Daddy, that Jesus, that you, our love, came down. And you pursue us. Hmm. You've kissed my heart with forgiveness. That's what Psalm 103 says in the Passion Translation. Your endless love stretches from one eternity to the other, unbroken and unrelenting to those who fear you, who are your children. Lord God, we thank you that we're your children. We thank you, so love come down right now. Kingdom of heaven come right now. Pain continue to go. Darkness go, light of Jesus come. We just speak release and deliverance right now. So if there's anything that you're being troubled with, we just command that darkness to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, that we follow the way of love. That if someone follows us tonight... They will follow us to the way of love. They will find us to where we follow to. And actually, as we are found in love, that those who are looking at us would find us in that place of love. And if they don't know Jesus, they will just encounter that because they want to know, what is it that you have? And We thank you, God, for this foundation that you're going to build on. Thank you for the giftings that you've given us even now. But Lord God, thank you for the gifting that you're going to increase. But Lord God, thank you that actually the increased sense of identity and character that is being built even now in this body, that will change the land. That will change history. Because you can trust us with even more, even more than you can ask, think, or imagine. I speak an increase right now into the, the Nabi prophetic gifting, that bubbling up right now. I'll just speak an increase in that right now. Bubble up. Bubble up right now. Bubble up right now. Just bubble up right now. See a gifting. I just speak an increase in the gazing in the heavenly realms like right now. Just, I just ask for an increase in your spiritual seeing right now. Yeah, heavenly encounters, visions tonight, that actually, even tonight, that actually you would see flashes of light as you fall asleep, even colors as you fall asleep, that you see the colors of heaven, you see angels being, it talks about being flames of fire. And we thank you, Father God, there's an awakening to your senses tonight. 
Thank you, God. We say yes to you, Jesus. We could talk about next week about our yes to you, but we're saying yes to you now. We're not waiting for next week. We're saying yes to you now, Jesus. Yes to you now for all that you have. We're not going to wait till week six. We're saying yes to you now. Yes to you now, God. Yes to you now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for the, I just see an army in front of me. I just see an army in front of me that where actually the world and the enemy would try and speak dry bones that God sees an army and you are an army and I am an army and we are an army. Yeah, this is so exciting. This is so exciting. Ha, thank you God in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, thank you.